0: As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are Super Mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chedda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three. Twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep, to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that Total Mom Sense. Parents are in a state of frenzy as we navigate back-to-school season this year. Gone are the days of buying binders and decorations for our kids' lockers and cubbies. Now we're ensuring our Wi-Fi is up to the mark and are having our kids become acclimated with Zoom, Google Meet, and Google Classroom. My oh my, our world has changed. So today I am uh, so honored to have Alice Benedict on the show with me because she's going to help answer all the questions we have around back to school, and how we can come to the best decision for our families. Alice is a retired paralegal and president of the Board of Education in the Batavia City School District in upstate New York, and she was elected this year in July of 2020 and has been in office a few months before that in May of 2020. The school district has approximately 2,200 students. She's also a mother of three, and they're all adults now. And she's um, just extremely knowledgeable as a mother and a principal and now president of the BOE on what it means to be a parent and on the other side of things um, when it comes to our children's education. So Alice, thank you, thank you for being on that Total Mom Sense today. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yes, yes, we have so many questions for you. We're <laughs> brimming with them. Okay. And how are you and your family, you know, coping?
1: I think that my family and my extended family are coping fairly well. We all do mask constantly if we go out out of our homes and we are certainly social distancing. My husband and I were fortunate enough to be doing daycare for our two granddaughters twice a week and That hasn't stopped because we started the pandemic with them, with us, and of course, involved with their parents. That's, you know, kept on through the whole thing. So I have to say, my, you know, days are pretty much the same, just that we can't go out to restaurants. And, well, we just don't go out to restaurants or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I think because I don't have students in school and I don't have that kind of contact with students in school, I don't know. What students are thinking, if they're actually afraid of going to school, I know their parents are very apprehensive. But I think students look more to the social. A concept of school then you know, actually worrying about catching. Them. No,
0: yeah, that, that's, um, that's very true. You know, you were elected when the pandemic had already started. Um, you know, it was just, yeah, you were assuming this role and, you know, had to come in and kind of manage a damage control situation we were in, especially when it was so precarious, because we didn't know what school openings were going to look like in New York. And every week it was. Changing.
1: Yes, we were consistently waiting for the governor to give us some guidance as to how we could approach and prepare for um, the opening of school. So I don't want to indicate that we blamed him for the lack of information. It just came out, we would have liked it sooner rather than later. And so the district staff the superintendent and all the uh, administrators and teachers had have really been scrambling because they want to do what's best for the students yet what's the is safe for them and safe for the students too. so there's been a lot of hard work done in our district through the summer in the same vein they did a virtual summer school for some at risk students, and they did that on top of planning for the opening of school so I think that they've been very organized and working very hard. Yes. Yeah.
0: Tell us about your perspective, why you even you know agreed to take on this <laughs> role at this time. Um, well, I'll tell you,
1: interestingly enough, I knew that there was a board member that had resigned and I had written to the board president. This was back in April that if they were thinking of replacing that board member, they had an option. Uh, They could have waited until the end of his actual term, which would be next year to fill the the seat. And I'd been on the board before. So I decided that I would write to the president and say, look, if you're looking to replace, I'm interested in getting back on the Board of Education, I'll gladly take this one year appointment. (laughs) So (laughs) that was what was going to happen. And then the um, president of the board said, no, we've decided we're going to add your seat to an election. So there were two other board members and this third position that we're going to have to be elected in June. It was postponed. Normally, the elections are in May. And so my name was on the ballot and um, I got elected to a three-year term and with two other uh, women that were previously on the board. So I was happily on the board for three years instead of a one-year commitment. And then on top of that, the president of the board at the time knowing that reorganization was coming in July, decided to retire. And that left the five members on the board who had no experience as president of the board to actually run the Board of Education. And I hate to say it's by default, but they all looked at me at the reorganizational meeting and said, well, you've been the president before. And I I said, (laughs) yes, a long time ago. And they said, but how would you feel about doing that? And I looked at them and I said, well, I can see that we're in a bind here. Uh, Of course, I'll step up and, you know, be the president and we'll see how it goes. And (laughs) everybody asks me, why did you get on the board at this time? You know, that kind of thing. And it was just sort of like, well, I didn't really think about the pandemic. And I really didn't think about being the president. I just take it as it comes. I've already done um, six hours of training. That's required by New York State's new school board members, you know, uh, learning about how to be a board member and then three hours of financial, which is always an interesting three hours. I'm really not the one that's doing the work. It's the administrators and the teachers and it's the staff that supports the teachers that are doing the work. They're doing the planning. They're the ones that are teaching the education. And while our job as a board is just to manage the superintendent. So if he's doing a good job, which he's
0: doing a great job right now, I just take each day as it comes. Yes. Wow. That's that's great. (laughs) Let's kind of dive into what your district has decided to do this year.
1: Okay. Um, Our district has decided to open what is a, a hybrid with some in- class teaching of students, and some virtual. Now, each of the parents of students in the district had the option. Uh, We sent out a survey to see what they were most interested in, and then a second registration so that we could definitely get numbers. And we had an overwhelming 75% of our parents wanting their children to be in school. Mm. And about 20% wanted to be in the hybrid situation you could choose what your child was. We just needed to know what you decided, what the parent decided. Mm -hmm. So we have a hybrid situation in which two days a week, a certain letters from A through K go on Mondays and Wednesdays, and the rest of the alphabet L through Z go on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then on Friday, it's a totally virtual day for all students. And on the days that, you, that a student would have off, they're also being taught virtually. Now, I believe from what the superintendent has informed us is that any changes that come along, let's say you're a parent that has done virtual with your student, and which is mainly I would say middle school and high schoolers have opted for that. You can change your mind and have your child come to the hybrid situation, but they'll be doing that reevaluation every 10 weeks. It won't be an automatic. I can't call on Wednesday and say, I want my child to do hybrid next week. It won't won't happen. You know, that's just because of, you know, making sure that there's room in the classroom because we all have to be six feet apart and all of those um, recommendations are all those requirements
0: yeah no, that's great. And this is for all grades from yes. kindergarten on up. Yes,
1: yes okay. The only group that will do be doing five days a week is the special ed kids mm-hmm. and uh, the ESL learners will be doing five days a week. They're the ones that with special ed, they need you know structure and they will also be doing their classes unmasked because some of the special ed kids have tactile issues. so we have dedicated teachers. That, will, that are teaching those specific classes and they won't be involved with any other groups. They'll only teach special ed and ESL. I give kudos to them, though, because they're going to be in the rooms with unmasked children. All the mm-hmm. other teachers... They'll mask until they sit and then they can take their masks off and the teachers will be masked all the time. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. No. And schools, you know, often have plans for unexpected crises that occur, whether it's now, it's sadly, but gun violence, um, Mm -hmm. natural disasters, fires. But no one knew that we'd be hit by a pandemic. So tell us about the contracts involved <laughs> <laughs> with your school employees and the students, you know, cuz Well, um, to tell yeah. the truth, it was my understanding that
1: if the governor had specific requirements and said things that, you know, he was going to set tell everybody virtual school and whatever, it would have caused a lot of issues and I was very happy when he came out with the idea That would depend on each school district in which there are, you know, well over 700 in in the schools. When it comes to the teacher's contracts, of course, they don't have a pandemic clause. It's just not one of those things that nobody ever expected. No one one could have expected. Yeah. And I know that most teachers that are happy to accommodate the school with the requirement of helping clean, taking temperatures, doing all of that, just because they know it's not forever and they know that, you know, this will come to an end. And so there was nothing discussed about, you know, changing a contract. Now, if a teacher was uncomfortable with that particular thing that they were required to do then the superintendent tried to accommodate them and say okay let's see if we can work this out. So as far as I know, I haven't heard anything from complaints from the teachers at all about those kinds of requirements. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're honestly looking to what's best for the student and what's best for them and that they can do this at least right now. Exactly. Exactly. So kudos to the teachers that, you know, will step up.
0: So if you can kind of explain further, how are the teachers being protected and the students as well?
1: As per the requirements of actually opening schools, there are requirements for cleaning and access while they're keeping all of their children in their room and the Mm -hmm. specials will be coming to their rooms. Mm -hmm. So that protects the children and it protects the teachers, too, that they're just going to be in those rooms. They'll all be masked. I know some of the teachers, like I said before, have requested plastic in addition yep. to protection. And then there will be cleaning in, cleanings in between. Uh, custodial will be. I know that they we've added another day custodian just for the idea that Something may need to be cleaned on the spot. We have numerous doors in which the students will be coming in instead of all piling in one door. Uh. And temperatures will be taken at that point and recorded. And there will be social distancing in the classrooms. I think that we've come to a place in which we've achieved all of the requirements. Right. <laughs> that we can be as safe as we possibly can.
0: Yes. Yeah. And what about um, you know, taking everyone's temperature? Is that something that's <laughs> like a bottleneck? Is it happening? Is it not happening? I mean it's
1: well, we haven't opened school yet, but that is part of the training that will be done next week in our school district. They're doing in in-house training to get someone, whoever it is, whether it's an aide or a teacher that will be doing the temperature, because I don't think we only have one school nurse, and I don't think she can be at every entrance
0: (laughs) every morning. So I
1: find that we'll be taking temperatures. And if the temperature is not within the threshold of being able to go to school, that child will be Isolated and you know further looked at, it doesn't necessarily mean they have COVID just because they have a raised temperature. I mean, kids come to school all the time with uh, temperatures, and it doesn't have anything to do with COVID. That child will be isolated, be evaluated, and then a determination will be made as to whether. They can stay in school or whether a parent has to come and get them. And then it will depend on what actually is uh, diagnosed. If the child, you know, is carrying the COVID, then that cohort of children and students are, and teacher will be quarantined.
0: Right, exactly. If there's a case detected, mm-hmm. then you know schools out of session for two weeks. Is that right? Is that? That's,
1: I would assume. I'm making the assumption that if it's one child or one teacher, that cohort of a group would be out for two weeks. Mm. I'm sure that there's a threshold that if there's more than I, I couldn't say, let's say five then the school might be closed down again for two weeks. And so then everything would go virtual again with, mm-hmm. with the requirements that the teachers are in their own separate classrooms, working six hours a day, just like regular school, but everybody would be virtual.
0: Exactly. Okay. Now, when you have the hybrid, can you break that down for us?
1: Mondays and Wednesdays students with names A through K go to school and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays are virtual. Then just ah, the okay. opposite for the students that are names L through Z. So the okay. teachers have a requirement, you know, they'll be in school every day including the virtual day. So right. unfortunately some community members say, well, we should reduce our teachers uh pay because they're not going to be in school teaching kids while they may not have a, a live student body, but they are virtually teaching. It's yes. still teaching. They're just going to be on a computer at the time.
0: So, what does virtual entail? Is it Zoom or Google Google Classroom that you're using?
1: I believe it's it's Google Classroom, and mm-hmm. then there's a special program that we just signed into for younger kindergarten and probably first grade. I think it's called Seesaw, and they found a lot of. Lesson plans and things, you know, how to keep the child engaged in every age group, especially in UPK, kindergarten, first and second, in our primary school, time limits as to how long you can actually sit in front of your computer and have a, a, a child, a young student, actually pay attention. So they won't be teaching a 20 minute class like the high school teachers would be doing or a half an hour class. It'll be as per, you know, grade level as to how much time. I do also know that our district has developed a tech line for all the parents who are not computer savvy and have trouble. All of our students have Chromebooks. If the parent or the the person that's helping the child with homework or logging in for their class and whatever has technical difficulties... There are are two people at the school that they can call or text or whatever and get information on, you know, what am I doing wrong or whatever. And if it's the problem with the Chromebook, then they can quickly bring it back in, trade it out.
0: You know, let's talk about the, the mental health behind this and what kids and teachers are feeling around this new societal norm we have to adapt to. Well,
1: to tell you the truth. I tuned into a conversation that was put on by uh, SUNY Geneseo, which is State of New York um, College at Geneseo. They had a little interview session with two school psychiatrists, Mm -hmm. and they talked all about this, COVID and your student. You know, how am I going to get my child to wear a mask? And they gave some ideas that, well, you should have started probably a couple weeks ago, at least a few times during the day, have your child be masked at home. While maybe while they're watching television or they're on their computer, just so that they get used to it, because that's going to be one of the things that is you know, going to be hardest, especially for the young, younger kids that have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked a lot about the introverted student is very happy at this moment. Uh, that we're in a pandemic because they don't have to with other kids, you know, and whatever, but that doesn't do them any good, you know, being able to be at home all the time. And so I think that there's a lot of apprehension on not only the parents with the safety issue and the health issue, but the Mm -hmm. students with the whole idea. We've been out of school for You know, six months now. You know, I haven't been with my friends. You know, what is going to happen? I think there's a lot of anxiety, and so they these two psychiatrists said, you know, you just need to talk to your children and you know explain the reality of it that you're upset that there's this coronavirus out there and you're going to do everything you can to protect them and you know, just be, limit them to the news. You know, I think it really has to do with the individual family and the individual student as to how they're going to be able to cope after all this time, you know, getting back to school. Well, I do know also through our curriculum coordinator in one of the presentations she made to our board a couple weeks ago in a previous meeting, that one of the goals of, that she has for the teachers is a connection goal. Mm-hmm. They connect with every child in their, that they're responsible for in their classes, however number that is, that they're actually engaging with that child on a very regular basis, it, not in just an educational way, but in a personal way. And we have had uh, numerous teachers through the last six months who know their students very well and have uh, safely gone to their homes and connected with them. And said, you know, look, I know this is tough and, you know, everybody has got some issues with it, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm here if you need any if you have anything, you can email me, you can contact me, I'll be happy to make that to, you know, make that connection with you. And mm-hmm. they're continuing that as part of their goals mm-hmm. Um, for this next school year, uh, uh, an actual person to person connection with each of their students, which will be different for some teachers. You know, some teachers aren't, aren't used to that. It's not that they were wrong, it's just wasn't a part of their day, and now right. it's an actual goal for our district. Exactly, so exactly. I, I can only say that that's a great goal to have.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Do you have any advice for, you know, the parents or students?
1: I think that most parents have to understand that there has to be a trust factor between you and your school district. We have a tendency to look at our school district as, oh, we don't like, you know, why did they put this baseball game at this time? Or why did they, why does my child have so much homework? Or, you know, all of those, what I would call normal everyday things um, that occur in a student's year. Now that we're going through the pandemic, those things are still important. But they're not. The parents need to trust that the school district is trying to do what's best for their children, right. their students, and what's best for the teachers and staff that are trying to help and trying to educate their students. And right. not take right. the not take the idea that you know my district doesn't care. They don't have this. They. I am sure that there are numerous districts that are very cognizant of the fact that they're is a safety issue this year, but that we need to
0: get our our students back to school. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand where you're coming from on that. Mm -hmm. Tell us about a mom sense moment that you had.
1: Uh, I will tell you, I had my one son, when Emily was a little girl, she was going to nursery school. And I, of course, took her to nursery school. And I was in the YMCA, that's where our nursery school was. And I was walking down the hall after picking her up and along comes my second son, who would have been in second grade, I think, at the time, walking in the hallway at the YMCA, which is probably six or eight blocks, oh 10 my blocks goodness. from school, all by himself. Okay. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said to him, Tom, is your school coming here for a field trip today? I didn't know anything about it. And he looked yeah. at me and he said, No, Mom. I just um, wasn't feeling well. And I knew you were at nursery school with Emily. So I just walked home. And you weren't there, of course. And I so I knew that you would be here. So I walked here. And I just like looked at him. And I said, Oh, okay. And I didn't want him to be panicked because he you know, he had made his way to the YMCA. Right, right. We we went home. And I called the principal of of the grade school. And I said, do you know where my son Tom Benedict is? And he and he said, well, let me check with the teacher. And the teacher <laughs> said, well, he's down in the nurse's office. And uh, they went looking in the nurse's office and Tom wasn't there. No, because right. he's standing right next to me. <laughs> and I said, well, and my principal, the principal of the school at the time was just flabbergasted. Let yeah. me investigate wow. this and let me see what I can do. Well, it ended up that there was a, a mix-up. Tom was supposed to go to the nurse's office. He said the door was closed. He didn't want to bother anybody, and he he decided to walk home. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, and I, you know, I didn't panic or anything, but it honestly ended up that he wasn't sick because he had told his teacher he wasn't feeling well. It was just that the teacher the day before had moved his desk away oh. from, his, oh, from his buddies, and he didn't want to sit where she put him. So right. he. Said, was Ill and that he needed to go home, but he decided to walk off campus. Exactly. So, oh my goodness. So I knew that there was, my mom's sense was, there has to be something more to this. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> it was, he, I took him back to school the next day and he started to hyperventilate in the hallway. And I looked at him and I said, I thought it was your desk and your teacher's going to move you back. And he said, Yes, but he, she moved me next to a girl. Aww. And I, I laughed and I said, well, Tom, we can certainly, you know, get there. And she, the teacher came out and said, Tom, oh my goodness, Tom, I'm so sorry. I moved you away from your buddies and then I put you next to a girl. We'll just put your desk back. Right. <laughs> so, but I, that my mom's sense was, I knew there was something going on, you know, exactly. with him. So, you know, that was a, I didn't panic. Yes. I didn't, you know, I certainly didn't accuse the school of being negligent or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they did after that come up with a plan as to um, sending a child to a, the nurse, sending a child to the nurse's office that it had to be escorted uh,
0: so that the child sorry. would
1: actually get to the nurse's office on a block off campus. Right, right, right. So exactly. That was um, that was my mom's sense. And I know a lot of parents don't understand that the school, the schools are really trying to be trying to be responsible for children and they deeply care about the students. And, uh, so I would, I would say just don't panic, find out what the story is.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. Great advice. Alice, um, well tell um, me how our viewers can follow you and support you. Um, well, I have a, an email address
1: that I sent to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, other than that, I'm um, not on Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. So they could easily just email me if they had a question, I would be glad to Answer any questions that they have.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. so glad to have had this discussion with you. And I think we cleared up a lot of misconceptions and provided Good. a lot of answers through a discussion for um, parents, teachers, and students alike. So Good. thank you. I'm glad. You're very welcome. COVID-19 is still very much with us right now, and we have to navigate these times as best we can. Back to school is not what it used to be, but that's what was the impetus for me to have these interviews um, and this back to school series, because I want to help parents uh, navigate this uncertain time and figure out the best solution for their families. Whatever you decide, just trust your mom's sense and your dad's sense, because only you know what's best for your family. If there are any other burning questions that you have around this topic, write to me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com or follow me on my Instagram. My handle is at kanika chadda gupta and um, my show handle is at thatstotalmomsense and send me a DM. I read all my messages and write back in a timely manner. And I want to make sure that I get you the answers that you're seeking because I do bring experts um, like those in the school system on my show. Thanks for listening, guys. And as always, trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super moms and super dads. Bye. That's total mom sense.